Alexa, what is the best podcast in the land? Here's pulling back the curtain podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the bag. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people, and what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with the rawest opinion while giving you the straight-up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Press. We give sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. you know good and what it do we'd like to thank you for tuning in and spending time with us you're listening to pulling back the curtain podcast the most provocative and entertaining podcast in all this pandemic land we're hitting you with the dopest topics the rawest opinions we're giving you the straight up facts that's right no fake news here i'm Jules st james i'm dead press i'm novak we're giving sight to the blinds today ladies and gentlemen on today's pod, we will be pulling back the curtain on the 2020 NFL Draft and recap the recent moves made by our Chicago Bears. Fellas, what's up? Man, how's it going, Jules? I'm good. I'm good. Just been chilling. Man, it's a lot of a lot of football uh, recaps this weekend, man, with the draft and everything, man. Yeah, I know it was a busy weekend. I mean, Bears did a little work, uh, you know, Green Bay is about to <laughs> make some changes, I hope. I hope so, man. Jeez. <laughs> I, that uh that quarterback they drafted was trash, man. So I, I don't even know what the hell they doing out there. <laughs> Damn. Man, I'm talking about they they traded up for my, my guy too. He is terrible. He's inconsistent. I, I'm like, man, what are y'all doing? And if I'm if I, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm looking at that like, man, what you guys trying to say? No, they sent a message. They they definitely sent a message. I mean, they did pretty much what what happened with Far. They did with Favre in the past. I mean, Green Bay is secretly telling Aaron Rodgers that your time is up. And you know, I I would say right now, if you think about it, I mean, Jordan Love is so so. To be honest with you, I mean, he's not that good. But you know, they're gonna they're gonna try to turn Jordan Love into a diamond in the rough. I think personally, I think uh, I think Jalen Hurt was a lot better. But, you know, Jalen Hurd had a little bit of a checkered pass, you know, since the fact that Tua took a job at yeah. Alabama and self-esteem got shot a little bit there. But I think uh, Jalen Hurts going to be a better pro. Well, I'm, I'm just going to say it like this. If uh, Jalen Hurts, if his, if his hue was a little lighter, I think he would have went top 20. But that's just my opinion. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I think that um, – I think, I, think, I think Tua's overrated. You know, I think, you know, he's a guy that – 
he's one good tackle away from being, you know, pretty much out of the league at this point. I don't think he, I don't think he sustained a full NFL season without getting hurt. Do you uh, do you guys think that uh, the Dolphins are going to sit him out for 2020, considering that uh, they're a rebuilding team and uh, he has that injury history? I would redshirt him. To be honest okay. with you, I mean, a true redshirt. You know, maybe maybe look at signing Winston or somebody to put in front of him. Let Winston, you know, drive the drive the team for one year. And Winston probably goes somewhere else to get a better job or get a, a you know a quality job as a good backup for a uh, contender somewhere. So I think I think Winston got a lot of good football left in him. I don't think Tua ready to play right now anyway. He's still rehabbing those injuries. I mean his his uh, NFL you know combine workout was so so. I mean he yeah, still was, looked very mechanical. I was looking at that. They were hyping up the video, and I'm like, yeah. I mean I, we saw Tua on on the field. And he's you know he, he's he was solid in college, but. I didn't see anything in that video that made me say, okay, this guy, he's he's ready. He's going to be the one. I didn't like his footwork. I mean, his footwork is very much like Mitch's footwork right now, mechanical. I mean, Mitch, when his feet are set, is a great pocket passer. You know, Mitch is a better athlete than Tua. That's the scary thing about it. And Tua's supposed to be a better athlete than Mitch. But, you know, I, you know, Tua can't get out the pocket and scramble, especially with those uh, ankle injuries. Yeah, no, you, you're right about that, man. The, the one thing that I do like about Tua, though, uh, I was looking at a little bit of the film on him because, you know, we, we got all these resources that we can use now because of this pandemic. And uh, the thing that I do like about him is uh, he's really precise with his passing and his deep throws, and then he protects the football. And, I mean, so the, the big thing is uh, when you're playing at the NFL level, uh, those cornerbacks and safeties, man, I mean, everything, you got to be a lot quicker, more sudden, and more accurate. So, I do think he'll translate well there. However, is he going to hold up behind the shaky offensive line of Miami? And then also, too, is he going to be able to take those hits at the next level? So those are the things that we that's have to think point. about I, with I, him. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, because right now, who's 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 the quarterback for Mike? Fitzpatrick? They got Fitzpatrick, and then they uh, traded for Josh Rosen, which they feel like nobody wants that guy. He got passed around more than uh, Kim Kardashian. It's like, man, what are we doing? <laughs> so I guess he can learn because Fitz has been in the, in the league for about 15 years. He got a lot of NFL experience, I guess, you know. He can show the new kids some, 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 something. I don't know. Fitz, Fitz magic. I mean, I mean, Fitz never got a fair shot. That's the sad thing about it. He's been a journeyman his whole entire career. I mean, he's the new uh, Vinny Testaverde at this point. That's a good, that's a good comparison. Vinny was solid, though, man. I, I, yeah, you're right about that, man, because he had a couple seasons there where he was with the Jets where he, he was decent. Yep, yep. I mean, like, you know, I, you know, I, I just don't, you know, I, I just don't think that – I don't think two are ready to lead like that. They drafted some offensive linemen to get in front of them. But the thing about it, the NFL is a different beast from college. So those, those offensive linemen got to get stronger and they got to get smarter. In order, in order to stop some of those uh, defenders, those D's and those uh, middle linebackers are monsters in the NFL. I mean, those guys are coming at you, and you got double team and triple team people. You don't do that in college. College is just one on one. You go for the quarterback at that point. They might yep. double somebody, but it ain't happening that much. No, you're right about that. One of the weaknesses that I that showed up on tape for Tua to me was his uh, play progression. So um, he was really good uh, with his pre snap reads, but however. Uh, if his pre-snap read was busted, he was really inconsistent with scanning and also finding the correct receiver. So you saw that a lot when you watch some of those Bama games. He would get the ball out. He was uh, really accurate with throws. But if things broke down, 
you know, you saw him get a little flustered. And so at the next level, you know, he's going to have to be a little bit better at reading those defenses, you know, at the next level. So, uh, yeah, man, you guys make some good points there. Do you uh, – does Tua's injury history scare you guys at all? Well, yeah, I, I, think, was, I think any injury uh, – I'm sorry, no, but I, I'm just – real quick, I'm just saying, I think any injury scare you if it, uh, you know, just make sure they're 100% healthy uh, and it doesn't affect their mechanics or over there to, to perform at a, at a high weight uh, – high, higher uh, rate, you know. Um, I think it's good to sit them too because you also get to check it, get to nurse them, get to watch them. He'll get to learn the stuff and get to uh, – read the uh the the line and, and and the defense and stuff and the playbooks and all that stuff and it, you just won't put them out there and hang them out to dry you know i think that'll damage his uh psyche more than anything if you put him out there too early and he doesn't succeed so no, I agree. You, yeah you're right you're right so let's look at the, the other quarterback so we got mr joe burrow from lsu Number one pick. Uh, looks like he's known that he was going to be drafted by Cincinnati for weeks. They said he's already been deep into the playbook. You guys think he's the real deal? No, that's Tim Couch. That's, oh, that's Tim oh. Couch. Okay. I mean, the reason, <laughs> the reason I compare him to Tim Couch is because I bought one of those jerseys. I thought it was a cool jersey. You know, I, I, got, I had a Tim Couch too, but I forgot he played for the Cleveland Browns. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm still mad about that purchase years later. Uh, he he's Tim Couch. I mean, you know, on the uh, you know his best pro scenario if he isn't Tim Couch, he worse is Tim Couch who's out the league. The best case of him is Chad Pennington. You know, you know if you want to think about you know his athleticism and size and everything. Yep. Uh, Chad Pennington is supposed to be a star. You know, so is Tim Couch. I mean, you know, it's really hard. You know, when they draft these uh, these quarterbacks, you know, like Burrow and stuff like that from these SEC teams, sometimes to see them like assimilate to the NFL. Well, I mean, I've seen with a black quarterback in SEC. If you're a black quarterback in SEC and you halfway decent, you pretty much, you know, you get you you'll be in the NFL for a while. You know, if you came out the ACC like Jameis Winston, <laughs> you're gonna have to adjust again because you know the, the you know, ACC is so much slower than SEC in terms of uh, quarterback progression and the way they handle, you know, the way they handle uh, grooming their quarterbacks. The SEC, you got to be a monster in order to be a quarterback. Yeah, you're not, you're not kidding about that. What, what you got, Jules? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. He might be. He might be something now. I mean, we should see. I mean, he was a. He is a. You know, Heisman Trophy winner. You know, he. Uh, that. Uh, he did put up about 463 yards and five TDs against Clemson for that championship game. Uh, looking at his stats and stuff, and I know he was a in freshman year. He was in Ohio State. You know, 2017. He only made only seven. Uh, uh, 11 attempts and only seven completion with zero touchdown, but he improved in 18. And we got we got over uh, to LSU uh, with with 379 attempts, 16 touchdowns, and then and then of course his uh, junior year with 527 attempts and 60 touchdowns. I mean, he showed he showed you that he get he he progressed and got better each year. So he might get in the NFL and. Once he get to read the, read that defense and read the playbook and stuff, slow everything down. He might he might be something now. Well, the one thing I, the one thing I'll say uh, about him real quick is uh, for me the thing that concerns me is that he's only had one year of true success at that level. <laughs> uh, people forget. Okay, so he went to Ohio State and didn't play much. He only had thirty nine right. pass attempts. Then he transferred to LSU. 
this guy, you know, I will give him a, give him all credit. He did play well in the huge games. However, he didn't have his big season until he started working with Joe Brady. And uh, we also, let's not forget, he had some hell of a receivers and weapons on that team. So, you know, that's something for us to kind of flesh out a little bit. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. I mean, you know, the one thing about that offense and those receivers and the running back and the running game and everything like that, there were some great players around him. So, I mean, if as you look at the draft and look how these guys got picked up, I mean, I mean, when you got – when you got great receivers, you got a pretty good, pretty good blocking running back. You know, it makes the quarterback look a whole lot better. And the fact that LSU ran that, you know, their pro, that pro style offense was awesome. You know, what they run out there with them, it, it was tailored. It was tailored for him to come in and take the take the lead. I mean, if you put Tua in that situation, I think you win a national championship. If you put Jalen Hurt in that same offense, you can win a national championship. I think you know it just. It's just the weapons. They had a lot of weapons. So it's kind of hard to, you know, really feel like they did something great. Because if you look at Georgia, you know, Jacob Fromm had a pretty good year. <laughs> but he still slipped in the draft. Even though I think Jacob Fromm, to me, compared to Burrow, I take Jacob Fromm, to be honest with you. I think, I think he's going to have a little bit better career to start up, you know, in that situation. But I think it comes down to uh, what happens to his new team. I mean, uh, you go into a really bad team, so we'll see how that works out. We'll find out how good he really is. Uh, I like Jake Fromm, too. Uh, he's a really accurate passer, you know, coming from uh, Georgia, which is a top program. And, I mean, he's played in some big games as well. So, yeah, that, that's an interesting name. That's a really interesting name. You know, we'll see. Uh, when when you look at the tape on, uh, on, uh, on Joe Burrow, the things that stuck out to me when I was looking at some of his film was the poise, his accuracy on the run, decision-making. He's a tough kid, very confident, you know. So the things that, you know, I think with him is he's, you know, he turned up huge in some of the games for, uh, for LSU. Um, so I don't know. I, I can't call this one, man. I, I definitely agree with you about Tua. I think Tua's a little bit – he's not where he needs to be uh, uh, as far as, you know, the NFL. Burrow, you know, he's probably going to get thrown into the fire. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, Jules, you got anything else uh, on, on Burrow? I have nothing else. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, what, what were you guys' uh, favorite moments from the draft? Anything anything that stood out to you? I like the family moments. There were some funny family dynamics going on at the draft. I mean, you know, like some you know some of the relationships there, the girlfriends in the room, <laughs> watching uh, watching some players get drafted, the team they didn't want to go to was pretty funny. You know, <laughs> seeing some of those reactions. I mean. I got. I gotta say, Jalen Hurts' reaction was probably like one of my favorite moments in the draft because he seemed like he was just so grateful to get a you know to get a chance to go play for the Eagles. You know, I mean, he looked like he had won the lottery. Uh, you know, the other night. I mean, which is a good thing. You know, he, well, he Peterson's gonna be awesome with him. Well, also too, Jalen knows he's gonna end up playing sooner rather than later because that damn Carson Wentz he can't uh, he can't get through a season without play, you know getting hurt. Who? Uh, Carson Wentz. Oh, him. <laughs> <laughs> I knew where you were going with that. I know. <laughs> yeah, no, no I you... like to, uh, to echo on that, uh, uh, no, back. I like to see when the uh, when draftees get, get called and, and and get picked and stuff and their expression, their family expression, they all celebrating and crying and stuff like that. That's, that's good to see. I, I do know the, the, the so uh, 
the new format with everything being online, it was it was actually kind of interesting to see that there wasn't any major hiccups with the tech. You know, everything seemed to go off uh, pretty well. Uh, I do miss uh, the fans being able to boo the shit out of Godell every time he makes a pick. So that was one of the things that right. I missed with this. Cause I was like, man, this guy get to be in his basement chilling. I was like, man, I yeah. want everybody to know, remind him how much they yeah, hate us. You know? Yeah, he was he was happy. He had to go nowhere. He was just chilling <laughs> in his basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> open, his, open his sweater. Yeah, right. Looking like Mister Rogers. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Very serial killer. Yeah, serial killer sweater. <laughs> oh man, yeah. but it was but no, it was a, uh, it was a success because what about sixteen what sixteen point five million viewers checked it out. I think, I think it was, like, was the it was the it was the highest rated draft. Yeah, yeah, it was the highest rated. I think the next was about twelve million. So it was it was a success, and then plus your boy. Uh, Dr. Anthony Falsey, the, the little American, everybody's doctor, American doctor, even approve of it. So, there we go. We get the thumbs up from him. I think we were, we're doing well. Well, you got to give him 20% for the corona ratings because right now the country's so starved for sports right now. They'll watch anything at this point. But, you know, other moment I found it was real funny was CeeDee Lamb when his girlfriend, he snatched the phone from his girlfriend. That was funny. The way he yes. looked at her. <laughs> yeah, you know what, though? Uh, she, nobody, talks about this, but she used to date Trey Young. Yeah, Ice Trey. <laughs> so I, I'll tell you one thing. So she lost one bag and she about to lose a second. We'll be grabbing that man's phone. It got nothing to do with you. Bad. Mm-hmm. You saw the way he looked at her. He gave it an offset Curdy B look. That's what that was. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It, it is so funny, man. C.D. Lamb, he going to fit right in because he, he got drafted by the Cowboys and and let's think, talk about that team uh, a little bit, man. They they got some weapons for Dak now. Yeah, but it's Dak. You know, at the end of the day, I mean, Dak, Dak still has yet to win a big game. You know, Dak accuracy is the one thing that kills me right now. I mean, his, his accuracy has uh, always been an issue. I mean, he's one of those players that uh, he – you know, he looks like, you know, he looks like he's always under distress. You know, even with that good line, they got a good offensive line. I just don't get it at this point. Yeah, they, they got a great offensive line. You got Zeke Elliott, who's one of the top five running backs in the entire league. And they got that young crop of receivers. I mean, man, they, I, I think that team, I, I don't know what's holding them back, man, because they got the weapons on offense. This is crazy. Well, you got McCarthy now. If they can't win with McCarthy, then, you know, you got to throw the whole team in the garbage. Whew. And, you know, you still got Jerry being all up in the uh, in the mix. Oh, man, that yacht. Did you see his boat? Boy, <laughs> that, well, that was the ultimate flex, dude. Drafted on the $250 million yacht, bro. Uh, man, everybody else sitting in their living rooms, you know, with their family and friends. He, he does it on the boat with the girlfriend. I mean, wife. But anyway, I don't know which one it was, but it's one of them. <laughs> Dude, you talking about stinking rich, dude. That's just stinking rich. Oh, man. I mean, it was – wow. You know, and, and you go to the boat. His Wi-Fi on the boat was better than the coach's Wi-Fi in their homes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing that, that kind of stood out to me, though, in them, in them homes, there was very uh, little social distancing going on. I'll, I'll tell you that much. Uh, you're right about that, especially with the girlfriends trying to get their bags, man. Yeah, was, there, was, there was no six feet. No. <laughs> And well, that one mom, she was trying to get the six feet for her son when she pulled the girlfriend off of, off of him where he could have his moment. That was that was funny. 
Oh man, she gave him. You know, she needs to be a lineman. The way the way she moved, the way she blocked her <laughs> and pulled yeah. her off. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Good hand, you know. That was good footwork, mom. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh do you guys like the way the NFL uh, handled the draft? Uh, you think this is something that the NBA can uh, replicate? I think so. I, I don't see why not, especially if the uh, coronavirus, uh, st- you know, everything still be on lockdown and with the practice social distancing at that time. I don't see why not. It's a success. NFL made us a, uh, a success. It should be the same way. Well, you know, for a league that gets it wrong a lot, they got it right the other night. They got, they got it right to start the draft. I mean, it's always good to see NFL get something right. You know, and they got that right. You know, I, you know, it, it looked nice, you know. I like the I like the chemistry, but I was reading a lot of comments online. People saying this is the this is the first and last virtual draft. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand what the hate was about. People, a lot of people hated on it online on on the blogs on Twitter and everything. They thought it was kind of lame, but I'm like, there's nothing more lamer than you know getting dressed up in a in an ugly suit and getting drafted in uh, you know in Vegas or somewhere at the Bellagio. <laughs> so. I mean, <laughs> That's a lot of money. That's a lot of time. And plus, it makes the draft last longer. I mean, it's been quick and precise this year. You know what, though? One thing I will say that still annoys me with the draft is why do these teams uh, use up all the draft clock when they've known who the hell they're going to draft, especially like the number one pick, number two pick? They know who they were drafting weeks ago. Like, well, stop it. Just, just draft the guy where we can move this thing on. They. I think they, I think they use it up. I think they use it up just to be like customary. You know, it's like it's more like a, it's like an unspoken rule that you you waste the clock just to keep everybody in suspense. You know, they already told the guy they're gonna draft them. I mean, well, NBA might be different. The NBA is trying to actually a lot of times they're trying to deal the pick nine out of ten times before they draft them. <laughs> they're trying to see what the what the value is for the player. The NFL is different. The NFL they know who it is. They, they've already did their research, and they know he fits into the, the roster at that point. Yep, definitely true there. And you know what is, is interesting, right? So the, the draft originally was going to be in Vegas, and obviously with the pandemic, you know, everything's kind of, you know, become virtual. So uh, it looks like Vegas is going to get their chance to, to have the draft in 2022. So it'll be interesting on that strip uh, in a couple of years when they can, you know, get back out there and, and these guys can have that, that big show. Oh yes, sir. So, uh, I'll be there. There you go. I think I might. Have to, I, I think I might have to pull up too, man. If you're gonna be coming out, there. <laughs> you know that strip is uh, that's a that's a good spot, man. Never sitting, you know, never sleep and nothing like that. You can walk up and down, have gamble and drink and party. Oh man, see oh, it, Gruden. <laughs> <laughs> I think we we, we definitely go out there. Get... We should go out there. We should go out there and then host the, host our uh, host. Put them back the curtain now. Podcast out there for that draft. We should we should do that. I think we should. I, I second that. I think we should do it, man. Oh, that'd be awesome, man. First guest out there. I want Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> All about that action, boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Heard he's like podcast too. So that would be a, that'd be an awesome interview. <laughs> I would love love that, man. So you know, our draft recap uh, definitely uh, sounds like you guys had a lot of. Uh, you know, the same kind of uh, feedback that I had on it. Uh, it was it was an interesting uh, couple of days here. So, you know, as we, you know, kind of look ahead here, how, how you guys feel about the uh, the Bears draft and what they did? Uh, I mean, the tight end situation with Komet, you know, I think um, it was a safe pick. 
you know, we got a lot of tight ends. I think this kid, this kid's going to have to learn by fire pretty quick. They're going to expect a lot out of him real early. I think that he's going to have to get stronger. He's going to have to also stay healthy. And uh, that's a decent pick. I think that um, I think the defensive end heavy uh, picks they made after that were very interesting. You know, I think um, <laughs> I think I think the thing with the Bears right now is they're they're trying to figure out their identity right now. You know, how they're going to look in a couple of years. I think um, defensively, Mac is going to get older. So you know, I would try to get another defensive end like they did. But I think. Um, I think teams. I think. I think right now the safety and defensive end positions are going to be the strongest points for them going forward. I, I agree with that. And you brought up the the point about Cole Komet, and you guys both know I'm a huge Notre Dame football fan. And the one thing about this kid that I that I do enjoy and I do like about him is the kid. He's the top rated uh, tight end um, in the draft. So you know he's got a nice all around game, and he's still young. Uh, so. Not really dynamic as far as skill set wise, but you know, I think you know, tight end is a is a major issue for this team, right? So you you brought up the Novak that we have ten tight ends, and you know that whole situation is a mess. But you know, I guess if if you're gonna uh, take a a safe pick with somebody, do it in a position where we need the help. Now, the issue that I had with the pick though is I thought that they could have gotten commit. Uh, at the 50 spot, and they could have gotten one of those safeties at 43. I mean, you had three guys on the board that were right there for the taking. Uh, Delpit, uh, you had the kid, uh, uh, Winfield. You mm-hmm. uh, even that receiver from, uh, was it from Penn State, K.J. Hamler. So you had a lot of guys there that I thought were dynamic that we could have, you know, been able to actually, uh, you know, make a good, you know, spot. So, yeah. I want to Delpit in that situation. I mean, you know, I like his game. I mean, that's what I wanted. Um, they could have taken him at 50. I mean, but then you talk about 50. Who we did take was Jalen Johnson, who's had three labrum uh, surgeries at this point. Uh, this is a guy, he got the size to you know, get up and press bigger receivers out there. I mean, he's got all the abilities in the world. I mean, the guy is all packed, all packed 12. I mean, he's a, he's a hell of a coverage guy, you know, in that, you know, in that regard. But, can he stay healthy? Because you know we had deficiency, you know, deficiency at the safety and the quarterback positions because um, you know some of those key departures in off season, you know, losing the high high Clinton Dix is going to be a big one this year. How quickly this Jalen guy can grow up is going to be a big, going to be a big storyline. And also too, uh, we we released uh, Prince this off season as well. So there's that there is that open spot at corner, uh, and and I think that, I think this Jalen guy he might be if if he's healthy he might be able to come in and push uh, Kevin Tolliver at that cornerback spot. So we'll see we'll see what happens there. I I do agree with you though in the, in the sense that this kid's really strong in coverage, very mm-hmm. physical, and I do think that the Bears got to steal with this kid because he was supposed to be a first round draft pick. I'm not sure why he why he dropped. It could have been because of the labrum issues. Uh, he did have surgery after the combine, so you you never know uh, when it comes to that kind of thing with some of these guys. But I thought this was a great value pick for the for the Bears. Great value pick. Yeah, I thought so too. But it would uh, you know, for his three seasons, he started in about 29 games. He had over 102 tackles, so he ain't scared to hit seven interceptions. Seven interceptions. Two of them he he returned for a t- TD. He had 21 broken up passes and stuff in a sack, so he's aggressive. He's aggressive, uh, CB. So I like I like the pick. I like the pick they made. That's definitely a good one. So you know the 
the thing too, so the Bears, you know, uh, Ryan Pace, he can't help himself, right? So he always has to trade up in these drafts. So, I mean, he traded up twice here in this draft. Uh, Jules, he, uh, I think you, you you were talking about it earlier. He uh, he picked up uh, the Travis uh, Gibson, mm-hmm. uh, the, the defensive end for Tulsa. Uh, what, what did you uh, think about that pick? Travis uh, Gibson? Yeah, he was. Oh, he's the, he's the edge, kid. For, defensive, a defensive, defensive edge, an edge rusher. Uh, yeah, you know, big man. He's a, about six four two. Uh, I mean, six four two hundred sixty eight. He was uh, two thousand nineteen. He was like uh, first ten All American um, athletic conference uh, guy. Eight sack, eight sacks, fifteen tackles, two force. I think he'd be a good fit. A good fit to study behind Mac and you get Quinn and stuff like that. You know, I think he'll be. I think he'll fit in good. I like the pick. And one thing too. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, uh, no that. I mean, decent pick. I think he just doesn't play enough football. I mean, I think you know, once he once he gets you know, once he gets you know, goes from being more raw to being more of a um, a polished NFL player, I think he'd be fine. I mean, I think um, he's a big kid, so you know, to see to see, to see him learning from Mac and learn how to be a professional is really going to help him. And also remember that. Um, you know, this guy, this guy pretty much uh, comes from a very athletic family as well, you know, with um, – he's got brothers and stuff who play college basketball. So, I mean, you know, he's uh, he's an all-around athlete. I mean, he's athletic enough, you know, to run our scheme and everything. Plus, he's got great teachers and he's got great professionals around him. No, I definitely agree with that. And, and, and honestly, too, he's got great people to learn from, like Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn, who we uh, picked up from the uh, the Cowboys here in free agency. And uh, so he'll, he'll be fighting for playing time, uh, you know, with uh, Isaiah Irving and Marquise Mingo. So, you know, we'll definitely see how that, that pick goes. Uh, they, they also had another pick in the fifth round. It was uh, Kendall Vildor from uh, Georgia Southern, uh, a quarterback. Uh, and so when – I was listening to uh, one of the analysis on this kid, and what just makes it sad with him is that he's got really good uh, skills as far as coverage, uh, really uh, impressive with uh, being able to tackle, and this basically has a lot of swagger and confidence. So, you know, you can never have too many of those kind of guys in that secondary. Uh, Novak, what did you think on this kid when you were kind of looking through some of the analysis? Well, the first, the first thing, the first thing you look at pretty much in this situation is he is, uh, he's a great on ball, co- he's got great on ball coverage. The reason I think he slipped more in the draft is because he has issues tackling sometimes. He's one of those people that he might miss a tackle here or there. Plus, he went to Georgia Southern, so people are trying to, you know, discredit the competition he's playing against. But one thing about, you know, the Sun Belt is that the Sun Belt's got great defenders. I mean, everybody got speed, so you got to be fast enough to stay to stay, you know, stay in front of somebody or run step for step with them. But I think you know he's gonna be starting at some point. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, especially on this team. I mean, you, you look at it, right? So we would definitely have that one corner spot that's open. Mm-hmm. Uh, bust the screen. He he's he's still on the team. We don't know salary cap reasons if you know he may not be on the team next year. So you're definitely right, Novak. There might be that opportunity for. Uh, from the step in there. Um, Jules, you know, you, you were talking to us earlier before we got on the pod about uh, the, the Darnell Mooney, the, the kid from Tulane that was drafted. And this kid right here, man, he, he seems pretty impressive. And I was actually very happy about this draft pick. What, what, what did you like most about Darnell? You know, uh, I like it because we have a burner now. You know, 
we haven't had a burner since. I mean, Tariq Hill, you know, Cohen, he can, you know, he's fast, he'll burn. But this kid ran a 4-3 in the 40. And I'm kind of excited on see what he can do. He, he can be versatile out there on that offense. Uh, he's a 5'10", you know, he's 5'10", a buck 76, but he can move. Uh, in, two, in 2019, he finished with, you know, 713 yards with five TDs. So I just like it that, that you know, we guess somebody can go down the field, you know, if Mitch or, or, or Foles, whoever, when they let loose, he, you know, they can, and he'd probably be able to go and get it. So I'm, that's what I'm happy about. And what, yeah, the one thing that I like about this guy is, is he's going to take over that role in the offense that Taylor Gabriel serves. So he's going to be able to take the top off the defense. So like you said, he's got that that speed, 4-3 in the 40, underrated blazer. He's got that deep threat ability. And so hopefully, you know, he'll be able to come in here and, and give this offense what it needs. Because when you look at the Bears offense receiver-wise, we have a lot of possession uh, receiver types. You know, Allen Robinson, who's going to body people on the outside. Same thing with, with Webbs and, and so forth, right? So a lot of these guys are, you know, kind of the same athletes. So a guy like this will be able to come in and, and actually uh, complement what those guys do. And then obviously you have Anthony Miller, but he hasn't really been able to stay healthy much. So, yeah, it's, uh, this would be a good pick. Uh, Novak, what, what do you like about Mooney? He reminds me of Johnny Knox in that situation. I man, mean, that, that guy, yeah. Johnny Knox was a beast. Uh, I, mean, oh, Johnny, man. Uh, yeah. the, I mean, Johnny Knox, you know, you know, he was a burner, same old as Johnny Knox. Johnny was like 180 pounds. This guy, you know, a lot of people, they say he slipped lower in the draft because, because of the weight. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a much smaller receiver in terms of girth and everything like that, but he gets speed. You know, to give, you know, to give Mitch or even give um, Foles, a, you know, a target that can go down the field and turn on the Jets and leave that, and leave that defender behind, you know, it's awesome because you're going to really see what he's made about, made out of, you know, with those, you know, safeties and stuff we have right now. We got some young safety beasts right now. So you think about this guy's going to battle really good players every day in practice. So if he's burning these guys in practice, what imagine what he's going to do to an NFL safety or cornerback at this point? I mean, he can only, he can only get better. I mean, I think he just reminds me of Johnny Knox, what Johnny could have been, you know, before Johnny got hurt. I mean, we set Johnny up on those routes, you know. <laughs> That's well, what you, you know. That, um, that was that was one of the most brutal injuries I've ever seen in my life, man. Yeah, I thought I thought I thought he passed away when uh, when he was on that on that field for so long. That was tough. I mean, if you hang a pass like that in the air and the guy goes and get it, you're pretty much sacrificing him at this point. I mean, you yeah. Know, to, to see that guy around the city barely being able to get out of his car was was depressing, man. I mean, he was he had everything. All, he had all the offensive weapons you can imagine. Yeah, he, he was definitely uh, definitely one of a kind there. The Bears, they, they had a couple seventh-round draft pick selections. We're not going to really delve into that. Uh, no disrespect to those guys, but they probably won't even be on the team. Uh, so we're not going to, you know, take any time there. But congratulations to, you know, being selected in the draft. Uh, one of the things that I did want to get you guys' thoughts on is, is Ryan Pace, right? So we look at this draft. It was a solid draft. If, if I would rate it, I would give him a B. Um, however, uh, Ryan Pace, to me, has had, you know, some mixed uh, success here in uh, Chicago. Uh, Jules, how do you feel about Ryan Pace? Well, he got to prove himself. Uh, I know they gave him the, uh, the uh, 2018. He was sporting uh, news. NFL executive of the year. That, well, that's because of the Bears over there, and that defense was killing it. But he got he got he got to prove himself. I mean, his he he had, had some picks that you know, like uh, 
They picked up Leonard Floyd in the first round, which we know what happened with that. And then, you know, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> you know, he picked up, you know, he picked up Kevin Wright in the first round, and we know what happened with that. Uh, you know, oh. Kevin, yeah. I mean, he went once he did get healthy, he only played what a few games, and that was it. So, you know, then I, you know, I, I, we get. We get, you know, David Montgomery. We still, we still waiting on him, waiting to have that breakout year and stuff like that. But I mean, we see what happened. Then also, we can't forget about Mitch Trubisky. So, uh, I don't know. He got, he got something to prove. I mean, I like kind of like, the, I like the picks that he got today. Get some, get some good picks. So I mean, we'll see what happens, man. I just, you know, there might be some diamonds in the roughs. So, uh, some people that might break out and. Some people gonna have some good year. Some players have some good year and stuff. So we'll just see what the uh, the season will tell us. Uh, the wins and loss columns. Well, I def I think you know if you look at his draft history right now, some of the things I noticed. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Leonard Floyd, Kevin White. That was terrible. I mean, uh, Kevin White. You know, all that talent just never. Tra- it, you know, out of coming out of West Virginia. I mean, he was the man at West Virginia. To see this guy get to the Bears and not be able to run a route was scary. I think the jury's still on Roquan Smith. You know, if he can stay healthy and if he can follow team rules, that's going to be a big thing because I know he had some discipline problems last year. And uh, what was that? And what was that mysterious absence? Did we ever find out what the hell happened with that? No, no. I mean, that, that's a that's a locker room issue. That's something that won't ever come out until you do like a thirty for thirty if this team ever becomes good. <laughs> you <laughs> never find out what happened. I mean. Um, it is what it is. You know, watching them trade Jordan Howard away at the only, at the only three years was depressing. I mean, Jordan Howard helped Mitch have a good year because, you know, Jordan Howard was a big back and he also blocked for Mitch out there. It's really sad, you know, watching Adam Sheehan, you know, not really develop as a tight end. I mean, the guy's got four touchdowns since he came in the league. And this is a, t- this is a tight end heavy offense. You know, you think about it, he should get more touches. Then, you know. He's trash, dude. He's fucking trash you know anthony miller mentally should be should be the man out there he got all the tools he's fast but you know he, he you know the, the funny thing about it is he has just as many touchdowns as three cohen <laughs> so i mean anthony, <laughs> anthony miller has less yards than three cohen and everything like that you know from what i gather you know it's just it's just amazing that you got a guy you got a guy that pretty much uh you know, Cohen and uh, Miller pretty much. Like Cohen, you know, pretty much has had had a really bad year last year, and I'm really tired of seeing him trying to run out. You know, trying to run out, run out of bounds every time he catches the football because he don't want to get the extra yards and get hit. I mean, it's, it's been it's been interesting. I mean, they draft a lot. You know, they draft a lot of receivers. You know, you got you got Ridley. They took Ridley in the fourth round last year. You took uh, Javon Weems in the seventh round. He made the team out of Georgia. He was a killer at Georgia, but they question his work ethic. So I mean. Pace's draft history has been has been suspect. You know, this year is making a break a year for him. I mean, if if Komet doesn't become a stud, and Jalen Johnson can't stay on the field healthy, then Ryan Pace should not be allowed to draft again at this point. Yeah. You know, you need a new you need a new uh, you, know, you need new management at that point. Well, so you bring up a good point. So the draft history, man. I mean, when you guys both were going through that, I, I suddenly got depressed over here just listening to these names of people that that didn't pan out, but we should also talk about his free agency uh, success, which, or their lack of, I mean, he swung and missed on a lot of guys. I mean, let's not forget uh, that Mike Lennon signed it. That was a terrible, terrible move. Oh, 
Right. We paid right. him to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you did that, and then you guys both talked about how we have 10 tight ends on the roster, but do you know why we have 10 tight ends on the roster? Because every time this guy has attempted to either draft or sign a tight end, none of them have been successful. So he, he went after a free agency, Deion Sims, signed up for three years, $18 million. He was a bust. He drafted mm-hmm. Adam Shaheen, trash. He hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. And then Trey Burton, don't even get me started on that guy. He is such a freaking, yeah, soft. So <laughs> um, how did you guys feel about the Trey Burton uh, era? I'm going to pass that off to you because I'm going I'm to get heated over here in a second. I mean, it really was an error, to be honest with you. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he was here. <laughs> he was here. He was hurt. You know, he had a good time in the city, hung out a lot, went to nice restaurants. That's how I remember Trey Burton. I mean, I saw him more out eating than I saw him on the field. So, I mean, I, I really I, I really got like a love-hate relationship with him. I mean, I think coming out of Philly, he respected his stud, you know, just won a Super Bowl to come over and teach these young kids how to win a Super Bowl or how to be, a, you know, the, the most professional in, this, in their roles. But I don't think they got anything out of it. I mean, when you pay a, a pro like that that much money, he got some type of locker room presence. This guy was never in the locker room because he was always hurt. So, and then, he, and then he wasn't catching the football when they threw him the football. I mean, he dropped the football a lot last – when he did play, he had a lot of drops. Yep. Well, you know, and in 2008 uh, – yep. that 2018 uh, year, it was a good year for him. I mean, a decent year for him. I mean, 569 yards, six touchdowns. But, you know, like, like, like Novak said, we, there's a fumble. Then come back 2019, only 84 yards and zero touchdown because of the uh, it can't stay healthy. You know, well, Bears said. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Press. No, no. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm, I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead, man. Oh no, I was just going to say. Well, you know, they opened up some money for him, but he, they, the Bears still own four million guaranteed from that uh from his uh contract. So, I mean, they like to give away money. I guess I don't know. Well, yeah, four year, 32 mil. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? The, the big thing that you guys didn't touch on with Burton, and this is the thing that really pisses me off with this guy, the biggest game of the season there, uh, when we're trying to get to the, the, the Super Bowl, he sits the game out. And I still to this day don't know if it was a physical issue, if it was mental. And obviously I don't want to, you know, say anything, you know, against someone that may struggle with any sort of mental illness. But, I mean, I don't know what the hell happened with the guy. You know, all of a sudden, he just sits out the game and says it is what he says, hip locked up and whatever the hell else. And the night before the game, it's like they've been game planning for this this guy and with him playing. So then we have to change up the game plan basically the day of because this guy's unavailable. So that's to me is like my lasting memory when it comes to Trey Burton. Like what 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 was the issue with this guy? I think I think he uh... I think he overachieved in that situation. I mean, you guys understand that year in Philly was special. Sometimes teams do magical things. They overachieve. Philadelphia overachieved. You know, they did something they were expected to do. Peterson coached his ass off that year, and they've been seen since. But I think he's a great development coach. You know, in terms of like he, you know, he's going to be really good at developing. You know, uh, you know, Jalen Hurd in this situation. But to be honest with you, I mean, that offense also. I mean, with um, with Philly's weapons, you know, the receivers are always constantly hurt, so the tight end got a lot of a lot of the touches that year. I mean, and some might blame Mitch for not getting him a football quick enough, but 
if Burton ain't running the route, or if Burton out there limping, you know, running horrible routes, then what do you expect him to do? Exactly. Exactly. Um, how do you guys feel about the uh, the Nick Foles acquisition? Uh, dirty, dirty water. Because the thing about him is, I just I'm gonna be nice right now. I mean, what I'm gonna say about Nick Foles <laughs> is that. Uh, you know, he had a moment in Philadelphia. We just talked about that. He had a moment. He had one of those, uh, you know, those uh, those Disney moments. You know, he looked awesome. He did all the right things. You know, it was magical. You know, Go ahead and yeah, say it, it was, was magical. It was magical. I mean, <laughs> you know, you know who was hurt as usual. So basically, he stepped in and he took he took a team. You know, he took one of those Disney teams straight to the Super Bowl. And I think that's it. I mean, he got, you know, as you know, when he got traded, the thing about it was he didn't look that good in the new role. So the thing about it is, you know, he is who he is. You know, as Denny Green like to say, he is who he is. You know, the Bears reached out to something they thought was familiar because, you know, there's some familiarity with him in that situation and what we ran on offense and everything. So they thought it'd be a good fit. They've always liked Nick Foles. So this is almost like one of those things where, Let's get him because he's available. And we overpaid for him. But it is what it is. I mean, I think he'll be here a year. He'll be here a year. And Mitch will be here a year. They'll they get a new quarterback. You know, it might be it might be somebody from Green Bay. Man, I don't, wow. even, I don't, I don't even know how I would feel about that. How would you guys uh, feel about Aaron Rodgers coming to Chicago, man, if that were to happen? Oh, wow. The bear killer? Yeah. <laughs> Oof. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that, man. I, I'm going to sound like a homer on that one. I don't know. I don't even know. It can happen. It can happen because, you know, you know, you know, Jason Wilborn was talking about it, you know, earlier. He was saying, like, he's like, you know, he's going to end up in a Bears uniform. And, you know, and people talk things into existence at this point, it could definitely happen. I mean, his hate of Green Bay for going out and drafting Jordan Love might draft him, to, might draft him down the expressway. You know what? It's funny. So Jordan Love, he was on uh, on ESPN earlier. And he said that uh, Aaron called him up, and, and they, they had a good conversation. And I'm like thinking, I remember when uh, when Brett Favre was in Green Bay when they drafted Aaron. Brett Favre didn't want nothing to do with Aaron. He kind of like kept him uh, like like a little kid, like you know, back back up, like you know, I I don't, I don't have nothing to do with you. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that relationship kind of uh, evolves with those two. I don't know, man. Look, hey, you know what? Jordan Love ain't going to do nothing for, for a good while, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know, he ain't going to do nothing for a while. Rodgers, like they, the Packers went to what? They went to the uh, they went to the NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. You know, Rodgers threw for 26 touchdowns, only had four interceptions. So he's nowhere close near retiring. Nowhere close. So Jordan, he's going to be on, he's going to be on, he's going to be with the clipboard for, for a minute. Well, Rogers is only thirty-five, you know. So right. the way I see it, you know, I, I think I think uh, you're right. I think Rogers will have the job for a couple of years, and you know what? He'll be holding that clipboard and, and learning from and Aaron, and we'll see if Aaron takes him under his wing. You never know. Uh, so we we talked about the Nick Foles acquisition. What do you guys uh, think that that means for uh, our buddy uh, number ten, Mitch? Oh, Mitch! Oh, it's it's do or die for Mitch. Yeah. Die. Yeah. I think, but you know what? Mitch might come out and ball like he he, he, he and ball like he ain't never balled before because now they got a little pressure on him. 
they got somebody chasing after them for that position. You know, he, uh, you know, they they wasn't playing Mitch in the preseason. There wasn't another quarter. They had no backup, you know, for him that's fighting for the for the job and stuff. So, you know, they telling Mitch, hey, you gotta get your you gotta get your act together, or or Foles gonna take the job from you. So he might, they might light a little fire on his ass and get him out there playing. The one thing I'm gonna tell Mitch, man, don't stay in that pocket, man. Just run, run, Mitch. <laughs> well, the one thing too with, with Mitch, man, when he's when he's moving out of that pocket, I mean, Nick, Mitch is a sneaky athletic, and uh, right. The, the one thing that I liked about him from uh, the 2018 season was Mitch wasn't afraid to scramble and, and make plays. Whereas I feel like last year, I think, I don't know if it was Nagy or what they were trying to do, but they were trying to force him to be more of a pocket passer. That's not this guy's game. You know, he's more of a, let's move the pocket. Let's, he's an athletic guy. Let him, let him do what he does, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I so, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's interesting. But uh, the one thing when I think of the Nick Foles acquisition you know, Nick Foles, he's he's okay. You know, I'm sure that that was more of a a, a thing that they were trying to appease Mag, uh, Nagy by getting his kind of quarterback in here. But I think they should have went after Cam Newton. I think that was the guy. They they missed an opportunity to bring a dynamic quarterback here in this system. They miss, but he's gonna end up being a Patriot. I mean, you see it right now. He he is so Belichick. I mean, what you? I think Cam Newton getting cut right now is gonna is gonna change the way he looks at football. It's gonna actually put years on his career. Because right now he's out there working out like a madman. He's working out like Michael B. Jordan, you know, and Rocky at this point. <laughs> oh, I mean, uh Cam Newton's out there putting in some serious work. I don't think he's worked like that, you know, I don't think he worked like that when he before he got in the league. I mean he's really out there being Superman right now. His workouts on Instagram and his Twitter are just nuts. I mean this dude is hungry. The Patriots, it's the best fit on earth right now. They just went out and got some stud wide receivers. They need somebody to throw the football. I mean, and that's all they need, somebody somebody that's willing to partner with Belichick for the next 10 years. Because that's how he works. Belichick could be around for like another 10. I mean, he just needs the right quarterback. And the right quarterback is Cam Newton at this point. Is either Cam Newton or he takes Eddie Dalton as the consolation prize. He's going to get a veteran quarterback, and they're going to be fine. New England's going to be right in the hunt. I don't think they can win it all, but they're going to cause a lot of problems. Yeah, man. I, 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 I've I watched those same videos of Cam, and it just makes me mad because I'm like, dude, this this guy, he looks hungry, and he looks like he's got a lot to prove. And when you got a guy like that, especially Cam's already a talented guy, but now he's got a chip on his shoulder too. I just – man, I just imagine him at Soldier Field, man, just – man, like that would have been great, you know, and I think that that would have been a guy – you bring a guy like Cam Newton here – there's no way Mitch is going to out, uh, you know, he's going to beat out a guy like Cam Newton. But I think with this Nick Foles acquisition, this was done to put a little heat under Mitch's, uh, you know, under his feet. But I still think they're setting this up for Mitch to be the guy. That's just the way I see it. Yeah, I can see it. But I, but they're like, you know, they're not going to, you know, basically give him the fifth year. So I think, you know, this is, I think he's going to be the man this year again. But I think he's out. I think he's out after that because if you think about it, even Jameis Winston would have been a better pickup in this situation. You know, because I think Jameis, Jameis with the right offensive line and, you know, with Nagy grooming him, the fact that he's younger than Falls and he's, he also basically shows he can win at a high level. I think that, you know, I think Bruce Arians' offense was too difficult for him because <laughs> Bruce got three or four reads on one play. 
And I think Winston, yep. I think Winston needs an offense a little bit more simplistic. You know, to be honest with you, they said Nagy's offense is complex, but I disagree. Nagy's offense ain't complex. You know, it's, if I can't run it, I'm running the play action or I'm hitting the tight end. He got three options he's looking at. He's looking at that tight end, that running back. He needs running backs that can go out in space and catch the football and make plays. And he's looking for a quarterback to keep the play alive. That's pretty much what he. That's what that's what that offense looks like. And the issue with Mitch is he can't keep the play alive. So that's where that's what Nagy's offense does in the cell. And the fact that I don't think they give Mitch much much control to Audible out there. So I mean, if you gave if you gave him what Aaron gets, you know, in Green Bay, the ability to change those plays a bit, you get a different Mitch. Well, the, the one thing too, when you when you talk about Nagy and his play calling, you know, he's holding up that damn play calling sheet on Sundays. <laughs> he's got that BU on there, and I'm like, dude, stop fucking being you, like. Dude, being you is not running the ball when we need to run the ball. Like, there's no reason there should be any game where we only run the ball seven times and the game is winnable with that defense, you know? You know why, though? I mean, when they got rid of Jordan Howard, they shot themselves in the foot. Montgomery wasn't ready. Montgomery might not be ready this year. And the fact that they got rid of Howard and then, you know, Kyle Long got hurt, that's why Mitch ain't running. <laughs> I wouldn't run either in that situation. You see the offensive line that's out there? I mean, yeah. you know, he's got literally three to four seconds to make a decision. And Mitch ain't the swiftest knife out there right now, the sharpest knife in the drawer. So you're watching him sit back there, and he's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Big man coming. Big man coming. And the next thing you know, instead of Mitch throwing the football away like a smart quarterback, he throws an interception or he throws an incomplete. You know, I mean, I'd rather see him throw it away if he ain't got nothing there or use his feet to make a play. You know, he's going to have to take a risk right there. But I think after he got that shoulder injury, he stopped running. Yeah, he got a little gunshot, man, after he took that shot, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's interesting, man. I, I don't have a lot of faith in Nagy. Uh, I hope that he proves me wrong. Uh, but, man, I just I don't, I don't see it. No, he got one year. He got one year. Mitch got one year. I mean, right now, you know, even even Ryan Pace got one year. I think they're all on like the one year. Let's see, you know, let's take it by an hour. I think I think everybody's on the hot seat over there. Yeah, they have to do something, especially with that, especially with that defense. It was no way in the world that two thousand eight, that two thousand eighteen uh, season, uh, twenty eighteen series season, we should have went farther than, than where we went, man. Well, you got that stupid fucking kicker that. <laughs> you know, the name? Yeah. The name of a star. <laughs> man, we couldn't even further, couldn't even man. couldn't even couldn't even drive the soldier field during the week the, the practice. They had to twist his arm for the guy to come out there and do it. And I, I'm telling you, man, I, I I'm sitting in those stands and I'm like, I, if this game comes down to this son of a if, if he if it comes down to him to win this game, we are all fucked. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that, that he ended he ended the season, and I'm telling you, we all talked about it. That whole playoff, or leading up to the playoffs, we were like, "Dude, this might be our year." Like that defense, my God, Khalil Mack coming off the edge, and he, he was like a locomotive out there. You had Keem Hicks, and oh man, that that defense was ready, man. and that Eddie was such Jackson a missed opportunity. I mean, Eddie was awesome. I mean, I think Eddie Jackson on <laughs> decline already. <laughs> I hate to say it. <laughs> I mean, he had a great rookie year, <laughs> a great rookie year. I yep. mean, you can't even – I mean, he played so good his rookie year. Every year after that, to get better. And, you know, for you know, for, for players who do, who do what he does in that situation, it's hard to see him get better. 
I mean, if he could duplicate his rookie year every year, he's a Hall of Famer. Mm. I mean, because Cal Fuller, Cal Fuller regressed one year, get good one year, regressed the next year, and you don't know what Cal Fuller is going to show up this year. He's six years in the league at this point. Well, I will say this. Kyle Fuller earlier in his career, I mean, he he was on Vic Fangio's uh, shit list. Like, uh, you know, Van, Fangio thought that Kyle was a little soft, you know. So, Kyle, he he stepped it up. But you're right, uh, uh, Novak, he, he's going to have to be more consistent. I thought uh, he was a lot better in 2018 than he was in 2019. So, let's hopefully uh, – let's hope that the, that pass rush with, uh, with Quinn coming in here and replacing Floyd, who was trash, uh, hopefully that will help Fuller, you know. Right. He's due. He's due for a good season. He's due. Yeah. Yeah, he's due. I mean, you're right about that. Before he's not been, being able to apply any pressure, and then Roquan out there being Roquan, you know, some days he engaged, <laughs> other days he ain't engaged. I mean, he had he had more good games than bad games before he tore his pack. That's the best way to put it. I mean, I still want a big you still want a bigger player. You know, him and him and Leonard were small. <laughs> they were small guys. You know, Roquan's a decent size now. He's gotten bigger girth-wise, but you know, you can't teach you can't teach height, you can't teach size in that situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think Roquan gets a lot out of his body considering the fact that he's not that big. No, you're right about that. And two, we we saw uh we saw what happened last year with uh with Roquan and uh Danny T missing time, and you saw uh Nick Cake, you know, he he came out there and he got the bag. You know, he performed really well down the stretch. Uh, and so, you know, hopefully Roquan can, you know, can put it together this season because we, we're going to need him to stay healthy all 16. And we're going to need these guys up that middle to to stop the run because you got that pass rush, man. It's – I'm telling you, Cleo Mack, if he doesn't have 15 to 20 sacks this season, I, I don't – there's something going to be wrong because he, he's not going to have tri- triple uh, double and triple teams affecting him. I'm hoping Robert Quinn is bringing some pressure on that other side. Last year, they were throwing everything at the but the kitchen sink at Khalil Mack because they saw who the hell the guy was on the other side of the field, and they didn't respect uh, Leonard Floyd. So, I don't know. Drew, what you got for us, man? Man, you know, one thing about uh about the Bears game, man, it's if you haven't been down to Soldier Field watch the Bears, you need to go because I had took my I took my father for his birthday uh, a couple years ago, and he had a great he had a great time, great time. Uh, we saw the uh, Vikings and they ended up beating the Vikings and stuff. So, so man, that was that was a good time. Man. I can't wait for the season to start. I can't wait to see what the Bears do, the coaches and staff and stuff like that, and see who wins the uh, quarterback position and stuff. So, so it's gonna be interesting. Man. I'm gonna keep my I'm gonna keep my eyes peeled. That was the uh, that was the game that Mitch got hurt, right? That's yeah. A, yeah, the crazy part. Yeah, he did get hurt, and the up, Bears ended up end up winning. Man, it was man because we was a little worried at first, but uh, backup came in and, and and did his thing. Defense, defense, defense. Man, Minnesota had no answers. They had no any answers. So. That my uh, my last memory for that game is uh, when uh, Nick K uh, blasted Dalvin Cook. Uh, Dalvin Cook was trying to pick him up on that blitz. Man, Dalvin Cook, after that, I was like, man, he don't want no more smoke with, with, with Nick. I was like, if he see two fours coming at him, he's ducking for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Nick is gone, right? Yeah, he uh, he went to the, uh, the Raiders. Uh, I know. Fourth-round four pick, gone. 
Yep. That was – but you know what? You, you That's a good point you bring up, uh, Novak. Uh, Ryan Pace does have some decent success uh, in those middle rounds. It's just in the first and second rounds where he just – man, he just – I don't know what the hell happens with him. But he's picked up some talented guys, Eddie Jackson, Nick. He's had Tariq Cohen. I mean, there's been some good guys that he's drafted in those later rounds. No, I agree. I mean, he, he he's better he's better at looking at players that people forget about, the ones that fall through the cracks. He picks those up pretty quickly. Or players yep. that are injury that like Eddie Jackson has had knee problems, you know, since college. And he grabbed Eddie and everybody's like Eddie ain't gonna last. I mean Eddie's done pretty good out there, you know, considering his injury history. Yeah, he's definitely staying healthy minus the uh the playoff game where he missed uh with the ankle injury. But uh yeah, you're right. He's uh he's held up. I know in Alabama, if he didn't break his leg, I mean Eddie would have been a first round pick. Right. Yeah, that was a devastating injury. Yeah. So, you know, uh, fortunately for us, you know, he, he dropped in the draft. We were able to get him. And, hey, Eddie still got the bag. I mean, he's the well, – isn't he the highest paid safety now? Yep, yep. He is safety guy right now. You know, he'll have a big target on his back this year. Everybody's going to challenge Eddie. <laughs> I hope so. But that's why we got to get a safety to line up next to him because I don't know if uh, Deion Bush is that guy. Well, I guess we'll have to see. Well, what's, what's, yeah, go ahead, man. I'm sorry. Well, you know, the thing with, the thing with Bush is that he's a Florida boy. You know, he's a Miami boy, so you figure that he'll play a whole lot harder than what he do. I mean, these guys pretty much run all day. You know, I, I've not seen a bad safety come out of Miami <laughs> in years. You know, it's I, it just ain't, he just doesn't give him much out there, if you know what I mean. He's been he's been so-so. Yeah, he. the thing about it is that he's been solid, like, coming off as a, in a reserve role. I just don't know if I think that this guy is ready for, you know, the full 16. So, I guess we'll see what happens. Well, what what do you guys got prediction-wise for the upcoming season? How many wins do you think the, the Bears are going to pull in? Oh, man. Uh, are we talking about 16 or 17 weeks? So, it'll be 16 because we got to buy. Okay. Uh... I would say I would give them 10 and 6, maybe. Okay, 10 and 6. No bet. 10 and 6. I consider 10 and 6. I mean, that's based upon how this quarterback thing shakes out. If the quarterback thing turns into the, the Chicago media eating it up every week, then we're looking at 8 and 8 again, you know, which, which basically is end to everybody. I mean, they could go 500 if they don't get the quarterback thing under control. Yeah, I think that's going to be the key. And you know what? It would be a sad uh, situation, man, if we uh, fumble away another uh, year of uh, Khalil Mack's prime and also having this top five defense. Uh, that that would be a, a huge crime. If you do um, it, you got to blow it up at that point. You got to yeah. I mean, I thought about it that year. You know, the, one, the weird thing about this draft, I'm sitting there. I know we got Khalil Mack. And I was sitting there wondering, like, I'm thinking, I'm thinking future at this point in time. I'm, thinking, I'm doing the Pat Riley brain. But I'm sitting there, I'm like, could I move Khalil Mack, you know, in this situation and get a stud, you know, a stud offensive player? And then maybe I can go out there and sign another free agent, uh, another free agent player on the defensive side to fill that hole because that defense is awesome. But the thing is, that defense can't win games, you know, if they're on the field that much. I mean, the longer they're on the field, the worse it gets. Yeah, that, that was a big problem for the last season. Uh, the, the, a lot of those three and outs for the offense kept the defense on the field for, God knows, pretty much whole games almost it felt like, you know. And 
I don't know. I heard some of those rumors last year, and I don't know if those are like actual things that the team was thinking about, but there were a lot of people were, that were throwing that out there. The, the Bears should have uh, offered up Khalil Mack. I think they were trying to say to the Redskins where they could have gotten that number two pick. So uh, I don't know. As we keep going on, that Khalil Mack uh, contract is going to be really, really massive against that salary cap for us. I believe that that contract's only going higher and higher as we as we continue and as he gets older, you know. Yeah, so a lot of jerseys, huh? You know, pretty much a lot of jerseys need to be sold. You got to win divisions. You got to beat the Packers. A lot of stuff got to go right in order to justify Cleo's money at this point. I mean, if you ain't beating the Packers, if you win, if you're not winning Central, it don't matter at this point. If you know, if we don't, you know, if we don't at least get through, get at least to the, you know, at least to the, uh, I said at least to the second round. I mean, or better. I mean, I think this year's gonna be it's gonna be championship or bust again this year. I mean, I think that. Us making the playoffs ain't good enough at this point. You know, you got to get deep in the playoffs. You got to win it, or at least put yourself in a position where it's a possession game. If we if we lose it, it's over one possession. If we win it, it's that one possession where you see why we pay Khalil Mack. Right, right, exactly. Um, the other thing too, you know, is I still think that we're a little shaky at the kicker position. I know a lot of people thought Eddie P. You know, after he hit that big kick against the Broncos, and they thought that the kicker position was solidified, but he was inconsistent this last season. And I know they brought in some competition, but I really think that that's a position that we need to keep an eye on. We should have drafted the kicker. We should have, we should have traded up something, drafted the kicker late in the draft. You know what I mean? In that situation. It had to be a fifth round. It could have been a seventh round kicker. There's good kickers in college right now. Well, just, you know, just went into, coming into the league. They're going to trial for teams. You know, it's like, you know, a Janikowski type or something like that. I mean, remember, Janikowski got drafted. You know, it's very rare that guys take a kicker, you know what I mean, in that situation. Jordan yeah, he Park went, he, was a draft he pick. Went, he went high in the draft, too, didn't Janikowski? Yeah. I mean, think about it. This is a guy that drink full six-packs, go out, do drugs all night, and kick a 50-yard field goal <laughs> with, with one ACL. Do the drugs all night. With one ACL, I mean, he he's had knee surgery. What kicker you know blows out his knee? He ain't running. I mean, how did he blow out his knee? Yeah, that man was out. He was out of shape. Oh man, two hundred sixty pound kicker that was six four, six five, <laughs> with no pads. So he had no pads at Florida State on. With, you know, missing missing half his helmet, kicking a field goal. <laughs> Damn. They couldn't even pick the kicker up. That's how big he was. Janikowski is a big boy. I see him in the airport a few times. I'm like, that is not a kicker. <laughs> I don't know what that is. He said he has a helmet on. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, he was awesome in Florida State. He was awesome, you know, he he was man, what he did for the Raiders all them years, incredible. Yeah, he he was definitely something else, man. Something else. But I do definitely think that that's a position that we need to keep an eye on as we approach this upcoming season. Who knows if we're gonna have uh a training camp for these guys, or if the season's gonna start on time, who knows, man. But whenever it does start up, it, it, I, I know what you got, Jules. To be. I know one thing you need to be because, like you said, that boy was shaky all last season. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't consistent. We just need a no. consistent um, a kicker, man. I wish we'd have still kept uh, Robbie. That was politics, <laughs> that was politics. Yeah. And I, guess what? That was another one of Brian Pace's glorious moves, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. Robbie is speaking up in the locker room a lot. They didn't like that. 
they, you know, they, Robbie was giving his opinion. They, really, they didn't want the kicker to have an opinion. That's what that was all about. But Robbie's foot was gold. So he was telling me, I mean, you know, you're kicking four field goals a game. I mean, Robbie single-handedly almost won, you know, <laughs> Super Bowls for us and everything else. I mean, he was he was awesome. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a good feeling when you know you can get a field, you get three points anytime you want. You know, we don't have that feeling anymore. <laughs> three no. points, three points. You got to pray about it. Put the rosary beads on it. Kneel. You know, and if it happened, it happened. I mean, he kicked a field goal. We celebrated in Chicago. It's that damn serious. <laughs> it's, it's it's really pathetic that when you think about last uh, during training camp, and we were watching kickers and paying attention to kickers. I ain't never paid that much attention to no damn kicker in my life, and we over here talking about a kicking competition, and it was it was it was crazy. Like, but that's because of the mismanagement of the GM and the coach when it came to the kicker that it turned into this mess, you know. And so, I don't know, man. That that was that was trash. Well, it was sad. Robbie should have still been here. To be honest with you, they should have they should have worked that out. They should have been like, you know, I know him and Erlacher had issues when Robbie was here because Robbie talked. In that situation, I mean, you know, tradition, yeah. the kicker has no voice in the locker room, but Robbie is like, I'm the leading, you know, I'm one of the leading scorers in Bears history. <laughs> so I yeah, score, he, I score a lot. Was. Yeah, he was. Yep, that is exactly right. He also got into a Brandon Marshall uh, in that locker room. I'll tell you, B. Marsh, man, he he, he brought him to the field, but he, he, he was a little crazy uh, in that locker room. I mean, who did get into it with Brandon Marshall in that situation? I mean. I was just about to say that. Yeah, who didn't? I mean, Brandon was special needs, man. You know, he's that kid that eats the glue in high school and college. I mean, in grammar school, <laughs> he's, he's you know he's a glue guy. You know, not in a good way. So it is what it is. You know, like um, I mean, Robbie just called him out for dropping a few footballs out there, which he should have done. I mean, I don't think you know it would be nice to come with somebody other than the kicker. But if the kicker is outscoring you and you're the receiver and you get six every time you score, I don't think I think you need to step your game up. Yep. That is exactly true. That is exactly true. Man, dude, this this Bears talk, man, is getting me excited, but also kind of giving me anxiety at the same time. I don't know what the hell to expect with this team. <laughs> well, the anxiety is natural. I mean, you know, it, it's hard because they're going to have a crappy preseason probably again. The preseason is so unpredictable with them. But, I, but they're going to be snapping the football this preseason. I, I bet not see Nick Foles sitting out the regular season or, or, or the other one or Mitch sitting out. If he does that, he signed his own certificate. Oh my God, that was ridiculous when he was putting those guys on ice. I'm mean, like, they act like they win, they won the Super Bowl or something. The way I'm right. like, if, if Tom Brady could take snaps in the preseason, then, then Mitch fucking Trubisky could take some snaps. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. You don't get, I don't, I ain't get that. That boy came out and he was cold. He couldn't, he couldn't even warm up out there uh, when the regular season start. He looked good whatsoever. Uh, he looked he looked like trash. Like he woke up at the bar and went to the and went to the stadium. That's what he looked like. Right? <laughs> he, said, he said woke up at the bar. Said, I, I, I got a game in two hours. Hold on. <laughs> Throw me the ten. <laughs> Throw me the ten jersey. <laughs> well, yeah, oh, yeah, like you said, like you said, Prez, he, he gonna be taking some snaps now. Yeah. They better. They all. They all better be taking some snaps. I'm sorry. This. Yeah. This. No more talking about. We're gonna get them lathered up, and we're just gonna be competitive in practice. What, what are we talking about? Getting them lathered up. Let's play some fucking snaps. What are we talking about, Maggie? What are we doing? We talking about practice. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> talking about, about BU. What's BU mean? What, what are you doing? 
Because this is Chicago, man. We 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 run the ball here. We play good defense. And you got a quarterback that's not going to lose the damn game for you. That's what this city's all about. So Nagy needs to get on board with the way this program works here. No, I agree. And then you got Kevin. And then you got you got. Um, I mean, you got the new Kevin White. I mean, Anthony Miller out there. Let's see if Anthony Miller gets hurt. <laughs> If he gets hurt at camp again, he got hurt the first day at camp and missed and missed almost what we came in week seven. Yeah, trying try to get in shape and he looked and all those drops he had and he came back his time it was terrible when he came off the injured reserve. He couldn't even raise his arms either to catch passes. Yeah, no, I mean he got hurt in camp. <laughs> the situation, I, I just I just got high expectation Anthony Miller. I mean he looks like a football player. You look awesome. You should be play awesome. You should not look like trash out there. Anthony Miller should be killing people. Especially when you, you got Allen Robinson on the other side of the field from you. I mean, come on. Like, you, you got the field open, Anthony, you know? I mean, Allen Robinson, he overachieves. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, not, when you, so you could, could – you, a lot of people say that about him because he's not crazy athletic. Dude, you know, he's just a football player. He's that guy that you play with after, after, after church on Sunday. Allen Robinson is that dude. You know, he's the church league all-star. You know, <laughs> there, there's no speed. You know, he's just solid. He got good hands. But at the same time, he made some unbelievable catches for a guy that basically, you know, he's not – he ain't a burner. I mean, he's not even Megatron. He's a small guy. You know, he's a small guy by, you know, by the NFL receivers. Then. These new receivers are like beasts, man. You know, you think about Ocho and the rest of how big these guys were, and you think about – you know, T.O. was a monster. I mean, guy with a 42-inch vertical running running, uh, running verticals on you, that's crazy yep. at that point. Yep. I mean, Allen Robinson, on a good team, he's a third option. On a good team, he, you know, if you put him in the New England system, he's a, he's a new. <laughs> he's Muhammad Sanu in a good Damn. system. Damn. Damn. Yeah, pretty the a- much. The A-Rob the slander is going strong with, with Novak. Hey. <laughs> Hey, I, hey, I, I, remember, I remember watching him that year before he got hurt, you know, before he hurt, tore the ACL. And I kind of was like, yeah, okay, all right. I mean, I, I guess I'm bored with what I'm seeing from the receivers. I want Miller to grow up. I want to see some speed out there. I hope Mooney is awesome. You know, you, it's just a damn shame when, you you know, the playmakers on that side of the field got to die just to, get to catch a, you know, just to catch a touchdown. You know, they should be blowing, they should be blowing by people rather than, you know, trying to get all that contact right now. I mean, I think it's awesome to see a receiver, you know, beat a cornerback down and get the football. Like, you know, like, you know, um, Juice's guy, um, you know, um, you know, Michael Irvin, good example. Watching Michael Irvin and Dion fight each other before they came teammates is the best thing ever to watch. I watch the NFL, NFL fans watching those two go at it. Awesome. That's the way it's supposed to look. The cornerback, you know, the cornerback and the receiver should go at it. They should not be friends. You know, Dion was trying to be pretty out there and um, Irvin. <laughs> Irvin beat him up, and then Dion had to tackle for the first time in his life. It was awesome. That's the type of football you want to see. You know, that's what they should be doing in practice every week. You know, Dion made Irvin look – Irvin was already a great receiver, but when Dion got there, he got even better because they fought every day, and they're the best of friends right now. Yep. But that's what you want, man. That's what you want. Those That competition is supposed to bring out the best in all those guys, you know, but – uh, iron sharp as iron, right? <laughs> I know you can't do it with a race, a race and a screwdriver at this point. You know that's what's going on. <laughs> I don't know, who the, I don't know who the screwdriver is, but I know who the race is. 
I'll tell you one thing, man. When it comes to A-Rob, uh, I think that that guy's put up some strong numbers with having inconsistency at quarterback. I mean, look at the quarterbacks that he's had in his career. Uh, he had Mitch here. And then who was that quarterback in Jacksonville he had? Oh, goodness. He was trash. I can't um, remember who it was. I can't remember. I don't think it even mattered. He got him hurt. Yeah. <laughs> he got him hurt. Yeah, it don't even matter. But he he wasn't good either. So it's like, you know, Allen Robinson hasn't really had the benefit of having a solid quarterback play. So maybe Foles can be the guy that can maybe give him the ball in, in, in areas where he can actually maybe do something with the throws. Because some of those catches that A-Rob was making last year, they were spectacular because the ball was nowhere near where it should have been. You know, so it'll be, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty bad. I mean, you think about it. I mean, I, I think that I think that Foles could throw it in a certain area. I think Mitch struggles with putting the football in the area that Nagy wants it in, because sometimes you know if you're throwing it out there and you expect the receiver to catch it and make a play, I don't think I don't think the chemistry is good enough with those guys right now to um, to have that type of you know report right now. I think that. The reason you got to solve this quarterback thing fast is because that guy's got to get in sync with them quick. You know, if you if you got a situation with Mitch one day and, and Foles the next day, there won't be no rhythm out there. It's like a point guard. You can't change point guards that often. In basketball, you can't change quarterbacks that often. It's got to be his guys. You know, he's got to figure out what he wants the football. He's got to figure out how they like to catch, you know, how they like the football um, delivered to him. How they like to, you know, how they like to, you know, run their routes. I mean, there's a lot of chemistry that goes there. That's exactly oh. it. And, oh. Uh, oh, was it was it Blake Bortles, the quarterback from uh, Jacksonville? Was that was that who it yeah. is, George? Yeah, I think so. I think it was Blake Bortles. Yeah. So basically, like we said, trash. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, so, Blake? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hot garbage. Dump the fire. And we do want the smoke, so, you know, it's all good there. Huh? Yeah, so I, from that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, do you think you think A-Rob's going to get extended? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. He he bet – the best thing that happened to him is not getting hurt this year and getting another check. That's the best thing that happened to him, basically, because his future in the Chicago is not being a Chicago Bear. You know. You don't think so. What about no. you? Uh, what, what about you, Jules? Uh, if you have a good year, I, I don't see, I don't see why not. But uh, according to Novak, he, he's not. So uh, he said, just get that check and, and get up out of here. I guess I, I don't know. I mean, the guy said he wanted to retire a bear. So yeah. <laughs> he said he wanted to be the greatest bear receiver, didn't he? Well, that, that's not going to be too hard. I mean, you you, you play for the team. <laughs> <laughs> if he catch two more touchdowns, he's there. <laughs> they put him out to Brandon Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's. I mean, he's been pretty the only consistent uh, player out there, really. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah but know. but you know, he he he's still not a playmaker. You know, he you know he's one of he's running suicide routes for a guy. You know, when you you know the catches he's making, every catch he catches the football, we wonder if he's gonna die. You know, that's that's a bad situation when you know when they're hanging the football like that with him. I mean, he took some hits last year. He had a couple of those. He had to come off the field and think about life hits. So, I yeah. mean. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> i tell you one thing. If they lowball him with the offer, he's gone because he'll be thinking about that too, right? Like, who, who y'all got a quarterback again? Nah, I'm going somewhere right. else. Not lowball. 
That little baller because you know they you know like that offense is heavy tight end. It's a running it's a running back that can catch out in the flat. You think about it. I mean, you know, I think he's good. You know, if if he has a twelve touchdown year, which 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 is very possible, what do you got left after that? After getting knocked out all year, after getting hit, getting put on the field. I mean, if he could, if he escapes a year without going on IR, or getting hurt, or having like a nagging injury, bless his soul. Because because when you got two quarterbacks and the two totally different styles about to run the offense, somebody getting hurt in that situation. Somebody's gonna get sent off. Yeah, man. And also too, I mean, we we talked about this uh, briefly in this pod. We still don't even know uh, what's gonna happen with David Montgomery. Like, I'm not really sold on him. The last season wasn't his fault because he did he played behind a inconsistent offensive line. But we still don't know what we got there because I honestly thought that Jordan Howard. Uh, should have been still on that team last season, just like you said too earlier, Novak. He should have been there. I mean, you know, this dude ain't nothing but Kadeem Carey. I mean, Montgomery is a better version of Kadeem Carey. He's a Damn. much better. He's a you know. Think about it. We took we could Kadeem Carey in the fourth round, right? Yep. We, t- we took him out of Arizona, so we take this other out of Iowa State. When the last yep. time? When the last time Iowa State had a great running back? You know, uh, think about no, it. They haven't. Iowa haven't. State. If he ain't come out of LSU, he ain't come out of Bama. If he ain't come out of Georgia, I'm talking about one of them good Southern schools. You know, that's where they, that's where running backs are just sitting on the shelf there waiting for the opportunity. Everybody come, you, you draft out the SEC a running back, he gonna run for four to five years, get you a lot of yards, and he gonna get traded. That's pretty much how that works. Or he gonna leave through free agency, you know. But um, I think that Montgomery, you know, he's a small running back. You know, to be honest with you, something I don't like. I mean, he's not a, he's not a big guy. So you're talking five ten, two twenty, right? And he's right. A, he's an east west runner. He ain't a north south guy. So he's scared to go north south because he ain't got the size. I mean, he's he's two twenty, but two twenty to a three hundred pound um, defensive end. That's like that's like a, that's like that's like a, that's barbecue turkey at that point. You know, not <laughs> not not chicken turkey at that point. He looked at him like I'm taking him out. And I mean. Um, he just ain't big enough. I don't think he's big enough. I miss, I miss Jordan Howard. You know, I'm going to start I miss Jordan Howard campaign. The other <laughs> thing, too, with the other thing, too, with David Montgomery now, that one thing I like about him is he, he's not afraid to mix it up. The guy, he invites contact, but, however, he does a little bit too much tap dancing in the hole for me. Like, hit the hole, bro, let's go. Like, too much tap dancing, too much Sammy Davis for me. I, I, just, I just want you to hit the hole and let's get four or five yards and let's go back to the huddle, you know? All right. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Cause he's dancing around, man. Just hit the hole, <laughs> man. Get, get a couple, get a couple extra more yards, man. I mean, last season he only had, he only had six touchdowns. Right. Uh, I mean, but, yeah, but I think a part of that too yards, was Nagy. Little, little, little eight hundred yards. I mean, he, he, he we, we all still waiting. I think, I think, yeah. uh, I think the Bears kind of hyped him up where we all, you know, expecting. Okay, this dude's gonna be a stud and stuff, and then we still waiting. So we. Now we're getting a little patient. Now this got to be his year right here. He got to he got to show us something. He definitely yeah. got to show us something. He definitely got to show us something. I mean, he just yeah, he got to show us something. His you know his average carries. You know, you're talking five yards. The average carry right now, and you know the thing about it is that means that he's not getting yards after the hit. He's not you know you got you got you got to get those yards after you. You know that's when you make your money. As you can hit the first time, you escape the tackle. You pick up an extra two or three yards there. That's what he's not doing. He ain't, he's not breaking tackles. 
Well, the one thing with that guy was when he was getting the ball, it was already two people in the damn backfield before he could even make his first cut. So, hey, man, it was, that offensive line was terrible. It was the play calling. Yeah, I think it was a combination of all three things. It was him, his inability to to run the ball, the offensive line, and then Nagy with his Diddy's menu play call sheet. Like, it's I don't know, man. That play call sheet just to give me anxiety looking at all that, all those options. I'm like, that looks like the menu, uh, the the uh, damn Diddy's uh, menu. Like, what, what is that? <laughs> well, don't forget about the center situation. How many bad snaps did they get last year? Throw Mitch the ball, and it was a terrible snap, and he got to do something. The snap was too high, too low, or they threw it behind him. And on that yep. situation, I mean, the center position was god awful last year, and that's where it all starts at. Yeah, I mean they had to they had to move Daniels uh to guard because he couldn't get it done last year. They had to move Cody Whitehair back to center. I and mean, then Cody Whitehair, he's still not the best uh with the shotgun snaps. And I mean Cody Whitehair is an all pro center, but you know, he still has his uh he still has his limitations as far as that's concerned. But James Daniels, that's another uh high draft pick of uh Ryan Pace that we'll see if he's ready to uh, to step it up this season. But from what I saw last year, I wasn't sold on that guy at all. <laughs> so I guess we'll we'll see. Uh, but man, uh, Novak, you, you ready for our uh, final segment, the curtain call? I'm ready. All right. One of the things I want to touch upon. Uh, I'm really excited about this Bears season coming up. You know, a lot of potential right now. This is a make it or break it year for us. Uh, we had a man. We had a we had a really tough year last year. Didn't make the playoffs. Uh, we went to a couple of games, froze out, you know, froze our ass off sitting in the stands. You know, I cannot go to Bears games and be cold and not win. You know, <laughs> so, I, so you know, I, I expect a lot more out of them this year. You know, so I think the big thing right now is, uh, you know, we need to uh, we need to definitely make sure that uh, we get things done, you know, going forward. You know, let's, let's see Nagy have a good year. Let's see Ryan Pace save his job. Let's see some good football. Yeah, man, I agree, man. It's this is uh, what the, the, we the we the monsters of the midway, so it's time for us to to come back and you know get this stuff uh, scored away. For real. Well, man, fellas, uh, this was a great episode, man. We we definitely went in depth with the uh, the NFL draft and did the recap, and we went in on those Bears, man. But you know we're passionate, we're we're huge fans, so I kind of expected us to get a little man. We I expected us to turn up a little bit when that when that subject came. So man, well man, if you guys don't have anything else, man, I'm, I'm this is a great episode. We'll put a pin on it, and uh, yeah, this is the pulling back the curtain podcast. Uh, thanks for listening. We out. <laughs>